Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, part of the incomparable family of podcasts. This is your host, Trish, since neither Lisa nor Nils were able to make it for this recording. And with me today are Dan. Howdy, hey. Seth. Hello. And Scott. Hi there. So today we're discussing episodes 9 and 10 of Supergirl. Uh, first, Supergirl Lives, and then... We can be heroes. Uh, can we have some recaps of the action in those? I'll take a run at the episode 9 recap. Episode 9, Supergirl Lives. Supergirl is still irritated at Guardian because he helps catch crooks or something. Also, Wynn gets beat up and totally wants to quit now. Kara volunteers the vast resources of the renowned missing persons organization Catco to find a missing teen. Turns out a lot of people have gone missing lately, and they've all gotten blood work done by the same creepy doctor. Said doctor is pursued through a portal to Maldoria, Slaver's Moon, which may be a planet or a moon, depending on who's talking. But what is science anyway? <laughs> but it's also under a red sun, and Kara and Monel are powerless now. So they surrender to the slavers led by Roulette. But Kara gets tortured, inspiring a prison break. The DEO also comes to the rescue, minus John Jones, because the DEO apparently lacks spacesuits or breathing apparatuses of any kind. Running, fighting, dominators who seem to both recognize and revere Monel. Win is not a red shirt. Gets the portal back open in time to get everyone home, but not before an incredibly contrived use of a yellow sun grenade, where the budget for spacesuits apparently goes. So everyone is safe, and Kara gives Snapper her story and a rousing speech about following her heart. Meanwhile, Alex is freaked out because she's in love, and therefore it's her fault if anything happens to Kara. Maggie understands and also totally knows Kara is Supergirl, the glasses. But also gives what amounts to an ultimatum to Alex. No more crazy. Oh, and Wynn is totally back because he kicked an alien's butt, and he has the rocks to prove it. And finally, Monel wants to be a hero, and the creepy alien ladies looking for him now know he's on Earth. Okay, that was great. I think it's interesting that almost every uh, CW show seems to start with a superhero chasing a car of some kind. It is kind of a cliche at this point. Yeah. Also, why mm -hmm. do jewel thieves need a rocket launcher? I guess all the petty criminals figure they need to up their game since uh, costume superheroes are going to chase down even petty thieves. Well, I guess they're not so petty once they have a, a rocket launcher, are they? <laughs> so does it seem to anybody else that the whole car chase at the beginning would be, like, be more appropriate for Guardian to be chasing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It seems like yeah. Super, Supergirl could leave that kind of stuff to the police or Guardian. But for some reason, she's still irritated at him. Mm -hmm. Don't leave it to when he just hits people with a car door. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> celebrates before realizing, oh, they're not out for the count. Yeah. You know, I've been hit by a car door, and I wasn't incapacitated for a long period of time. Oh, you mm -hmm. may have a, a future <laughs> life as a thug. <laughs> well, of course, there is a lot in this episode and the next about what is a hero, and how how do people hero, and what should they be heroing about. Right. Um, <laughs> the next episode is appropriately named as We Can Be Heroes. Right, right. Well, this this episode is a lot about how a interim CEO in a midlife crisis feels like he should be a superhero and not <laughs> the weakest superpowered person on the show. So, kind of to that point, I noticed Kara is really big-headed about being a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's like, oh, no, nobody else can say this. Like, she's not leaving jewel thieves to the police or anybody else. She's like... She's handling every single minor petty crime across the city and is really upset when anybody else tries to do that. 
Well, and it's better for Monel to do it poorly than anyone else to who isn't super powered to do it better. And this episode also featured the return of Roulette for some reason to stand there. Yes. They probably did all that makeup, you know, all the body paint and stuff. And then they're like, we've got to get several episodes out of you. And they shot them all on the same day. <laughs> now, I wasn't real clear on what her, her role is. And she's on the slaver moon slash planet slash solar system. She's into human trafficking or... Literal human trafficking. Person trafficking. <laughs> yeah, but if she's on the slaver moon, what's she doing? Just sorting them when they arrive? Middle management. Yeah, she's the face of the company. There, There is a lot of middle management on this show. I remember somebody saying, like, John Jones is the most uh, grumpy middle manager ever, and he's very dedicated to being only a middle manager. Yeah, because the, the guy who probably has the most powers of anyone on the show, he should be middle management. The guy with a couple of powers should be a superhero, and the guy with no powers but a super suit should just stay at a desk. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Speaking of James's desk, I am really weirded out by the huge TV wall behind his desk. <laughs> it seems so unnecessary. And like when he and Wynn are discussing criminals, like Wynn throws up the picture of the guy on all the screens, and like anybody in the office can just look over there and see it. And it's like, yeah, true. You're not really uh, hiding what you're doing very well. Well, nobody really does on the show, though. You, you always have people walking through Catco talking about superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, they. I like how they brought that up with Maggie. It's like the glasses; they don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if you if you're gonna lampshade that, I don't know that that kind of that kind of ruins it for me. It does really because is Maggie the only perceptive person in National City? Um, she's a detective. Uh, if it's so, well, <laughs> that's true. But if she can figure it out, how many other people are just uh, are just humoring Kara in her super secret like, identity? I, I do realize that you know, with Cat Grant, they did the whole thing where John came in looking like Supergirl and blah blah blah. Right, right. But still, she didn't figure that out. Even through that? Yeah. My biggest problem with it was at the end of the episode when Kara came back in with um, with the missing girl. I can't remember her name. So Izzy. Izzy, right. And and so she had interacted with her both as Supergirl and Kara. And that's that's the place, I think, where, where you would have people notice, hey, these people look really similar. Where if, it's, if she's just interacting with them as Kara or just as Supergirl, you don't have as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. But she's giving them two data points. Yeah, my thought is that... M- Maggie maybe figured it out just by Alex's actions more than the the figuring mm. out the glasses part. You mean Alex's overreactions? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said the only person you get this freaked out over is Kara. So speaking of uh speaking of Alex, I thought it was absolutely adorable how giddy and Kara that Kara and Alex were getting about talking about uh Alex and Maggie's relationship at the beginning. Yeah. It was yes. it was delightful. It's a different side to the character too, because she's usually pretty somber, pretty serious. Mm-hmm. I also liked back at uh, Alex's apartment the uh, subtle Zoolander reference, where she's saying, "Oh, we can stay in sick," and he goes, "I got the black lung." Oh, I didn't <laughs> catch that one. Okay, so what do we all think of Kara and Monel? Anybody shipping them? I'm trying not to. Not quite yet, but I I do like how they're interacting. I I like I I am fine with what they're doing with the slow burn. And uh, I think they're both nice. And if Kara can get over herself a little bit, you know, there's potential there. 
I just feel like there's something coming and Monel's going to be off the show in, you know, five episodes. Yeah. Which makes me sad because I really like what Monel brings to the show. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a very fun character and has a lot of good one liners. And he questions some of the things that other people take for granted. Like, you know, should everybody be a superhero? <laughs> right. And also stuffing. And science. <laughs> and science. And club soda. On this episode, he found we found out he didn't know what club soda was. He just pours a drink. It's like, wait, what? What is club soda? But also on Monel, at the beginning, when uh, Kara is surprised to see him behind the bar, he says, after the incident, they were a little short-staffed. And I was thinking, you mean after the incident where pretty much everybody in the bar died except for you, that incident? Right. That seems a little cold <laughs> of a way to describe it. And I, for one, might be a little cautious about going to that bar again. Right. So the A-plot on this one is a clinical drug trial picking up unsuspecting young people who don't think it's weird to go into the back of a shady warehouse. Yeah, especially with that super creepy all. doctor. Not not necessarily the best A-plot. And they also introduced the idea of the yellow sun and the red sun, you know, having an effect on Kara and Monel. What What's not real clear is the fact that they, or not explained well, is that they run into a planet with a red sun and the, their powers are automatically drained. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really quick. Yeah, it's like... If they go inside and there's no sunlight, do they not have powers anymore? No, it's about the red neutrinos, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, their their explanation didn't quite jive. It wasn't that it wiped out what was there. They just said they couldn't get any power from it, so. Yeah. Right. It seemed like they should have had a few good licks on them before they ran out of power. Um, because mm-hmm. the Supergirl and Superman physiology is always kind of that their bodies are like yellow sun batteries. Right, and, and the grenade later in the episode tends to back that up. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe going through the portal drain them. Okay. That, that'll be my headcanon. <laughs> well, this almost felt like we're visiting this planet just so we can provide some establishing shots of all of these aliens, Monel's hiding something. Okay, go back to the main story. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one of the problems with, with Superman and Supergirl um, is how overpowered they are. And so so I don't really mind the idea of doing something to depower them. I just didn't find this plot particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I really found it pretty contrived was, was the problem. Yeah, they, they skipped the scene where they made her use her heat vision for a long time and then suddenly she had no power. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the fact that they, they argued just long enough for the portal to close. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. Monel really needs a cell phone so that he could have just called the the DEO before jumping into the portal. Right. Uh, I liked that Wynn later actually called it a Stargate and yes. you know yeah, talked yeah, about sure. dialing in. That was uh, that was nice. And he made a portal <laughs> reference. You know, now you're thinking in portals. Yep. Right. <laughs> so I, I do want to address a snapper at the beginning of this episode when the uh, the mother comes in, right, asking for help looking for her daughter. Yes. I just love how. How grumpy Snapper is. Right. Coffee and <laughs> contemplation, right? Coffee in his Danish. He's not asking for much. Mm-hmm. Just five minutes of peace before everybody descends on him with their story ideas. Are we supposed to believe that the the mom whose daughter has gone missing has gone to the police and they're not helping her? Uh, that's what she said. Then when Carr goes and talks to Maggie at the superhero bar, Maggie says that lots of people have gone missing, right? So mm-hmm. you'd think the police would be on this, but... well. So I, re- I wrote down the, that 
the mother who came in said uh, that the police said they couldn't help with a runaway. Oh, okay. But I, I don't understand why they can't. Yeah. And in this case, I mean, I do understand, right? They're not going to go to another planet or moon or whatever it is. And by the mm-hmm. way, is it is it a moon or is it a planet? Because we have it called both. Yes. Yeah. Well, they call it Slaver's Moon. Right. So. Maybe it could be like indoor, a, a habitable planet-sized moon around a gas giant. There we go. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So who wants to talk about the murder castle? <laughs> yes. Let, let's go away from the murder castle. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, at, at least Mon can Monel can provide us a few, you know, interesting quips like that. Also, this planet sucks, and it's a one star, <laughs> one star planet. I did love that. Yeah. <laughs> now this this episode introduces something that I want to make sure that we we circle back to in the next one because essentially. Monel is right, right? They don't have any powers. Why go to Murder Castle? But yes. Kara essentially says that no, you're a hero with or without powers. And and so Oh that, wait, Kara, listen to yourself. Right, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. In the next episode, she completely steps on that. Mm-hmm. Well, she hadn't read the next script yet. <laughs> right. And if if Kara didn't realize right then that Monel was in love with her, because why else would he follow her to the murder castle when he had protested so strongly before she she is willfully blind to that yeah so then uh remember monel got caught in a bear trap (laughs) and then they got captured by some alien lizard man whose name is joe i i wasn't sure but i kind of when i first saw him i kind of expected him to say dharma darmok angelata tanagra (laughs) (laughs) yeah he, he he reminded me kind of a mix of of uh that guy and Enemy Mine, the Lou Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. character. Yep. Mm. The other thing that ma- that kind of weirded me out about that character was he said that he learned how to speak their language after he dissected a human. And That's dark. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. The other interesting part is he calls them carbon forms. So presumably he's not a carbon form. And, and then mm. he goes to Earth, where all he's going to mm-hmm. find is carbon forms. So I'm not sure how he's going to survive on Earth. We'll just see him hanging out in the bar like Mott in uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Mourn. Mourn. Yeah. Mourn. Not the yes. applesauce. So I had I had a real problem. Um, you could probably tell from the recap that uh, that John couldn't go through to Slaver's Moon. <laughs> because yes. silicate in the air. Right. The whole reason he couldn't go through is because they didn't want someone else superpowered in there because Kara had mm-hmm. to, to get through on her own. But, I mean... Really, they, they've they got to have, like, a space helmet or something that he could wear. A rebreather of some kind. Yeah, and he's not dependent on the yellow sun, so if right. he went, he would have been super-powered and just beat everyone, and yeah. it would be a really short episode. So, really, I think I would have rather had some crisis going on with Magan or something, where Jean couldn't leave her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then we'd be mashing the two episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been a pretty easy fix, but what they did was just silly. Yeah. But one point about the DEO, uh, John called Wynn Agent Shot. So in a previous podcast, we had been debating about whether Wynn was really employed by the DEO or if he just went out there and hung out. Um, <clears throat> so that's confirmation. He no longer works for CatCo, although he can want... Well, I guess he could work for both of them, technically. Yeah, he's an independent IT contractor for, for <sighs> CatCo. <laughs> There's a better, Gig economy. better 401k match at CatCo. He didn't want to give that up. <laughs> so can we talk about the uh, actual thing with Roulette and like selling humans to aliens? At one point, she's like, 
you guys are all prime specimens. But didn't we establish earlier that these were all just really random people that showed up to this uh, this medical study? Like, what What makes these guys so prime? Well, maybe because they're a little dim and they fell for the medical study. <laughs> right. Yeah, was anybody turned away from that study? You seem to believe ev- anything we tell you, so you're a prime candidate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll, you'll be very uh, susceptible to the mind wiping and, and reprogramming. Mm-hmm. I did like I did like Kara and Monel at the doctor. I know we're kind of going backwards now, but yeah. you know the whole. Oh no no no! Um, it's against our religion. Yeah yeah, we're very <laughs> religious with our gods. God. Oh yeah, just one god, one god. <laughs> Paris City. Right. So then there were the uh, the aliens that bought all the humans were the uh, ones from the crossover. Right. The Dominators. Yeah. The other thing I liked was when we was like, "Good news, you've all been sold." I just thought of uh, Futurama and just thought. To the being of inconceivable horror. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Well, I guess the alternative to being sold is they decide you're not good enough to be a slave, and so they take you out and shoot you, because they're not going to give you back. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that the initial escape part seemed incredibly easy, or that the, oh, where yeah. the slaver's security methods were, were really, really poor. Yeah, why wouldn't you have rebellions all the time if, if that's how your security is? Well, it's, it was... That's why they were good candidates, because no one in the cell thought of that. So they were sheep, really. So we're back to the mentally susceptible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they hadn't even locked the door for the first couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get, you know, the, the DEO SWAT team coming in to help out. And I liked uh, Alex when she picked up a fancy laser pistol. She's like, ooh, I got dibs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, we learned that Monel learned to shoot a rifle somewhere because he picked it up, seemed familiar with it, and hit his target. And then so, got a shot out of his hands. Yes, but and, still, I mean, he he he's not uh, an Imperial stormtrooper shoot and miss mm-hmm. guy. He actually hit a target, which uh, right, yeah, uh, he got some training somewhere. Did the editing not work for anybody else here? Like after he got the gunshot out of his hands and Car was in the background like leading everybody out, it just felt like it took forever for anything to happen then. Yeah, totally. And like mm-hmm. why yeah. why didn't the alien shoot Kara or try and rush her or why didn't Kara notice that there was an alien standing there? It just did not work for me at all. Yeah, I, I think they wanted a moment there, and and when Monel stood up, you know, that was kind of him doing a human shield, kind of a heroic thing, right? But before that, and he then was it all went on for ten down. more seconds. Yeah, he was all crouched down before that, and they had a clear shot over him. Well, we had to have the scene, you know, everyone pay attention to the fact that they're letting Monel go and they're refusing to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with Dan though that that could have been better executed. So, do we have any Monel theories? Oh, he's totally the prince. Of oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And that's where he learned to shoot the rifle, right? They do like fox hunts and and that kind of stuff, like on Downton Abbey. (laughs) Right. Or he's the ceremonial military leader or something like that. So Kara blew up that spaceship, so she killed some people there. I don't Mm -hmm. know if we've actually seen her kill people before. I I didn't understand why the yellow sun grenade was even needed. It seemed like they were just about to go into the portal. Was Izzy lagging behind? Was that why she had to stay? Okay. Because that seemed incredibly contrived just to have mm-hmm. that special effect and do a little wire work. If they had gone a little faster, the spaceship wouldn't have even gotten there in time. Yeah. They tried to attack them. Also, so, yes. when they were running back, uh, Monel shouts to win, start the car, start the car. <laughs> yeah. How does he know that expression? He's probably been watching a lot of 70s and 80s TV. 
That's my theory. Well, since this happens so very rarely, I do want to say there was a reporter journalism moment that I actually liked on this show. All right. Mark that one on the calendar. <laughs> yes, which was at the end where uh, Kara tells tells uh, Snapper that she'd rather follow a dozen leads than not follow my heart. And, of course, this is what he was manipulating her into realizing all along sure. in his... Uh, in his weird reverse mentor, <laughs> a reverse psychology mentoring of, of Kara. But anyway, so uh, that, that was a moment of journalism that I liked. Mm-hmm. So yay show. <laughs> I did have a note there, though, that the way Kara was talking to Snapper there was super rude. Yes. Like, she could have she uh, said that same thing, but she was, like, really rude to him. And I was like, that's... A little weird. You're not really doing yourself any favors. Well, that whole relationship is weird because, you know, she only got the job as as a reporter because she was Kat's pet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now Kat is gone. So, Well, I'm wondering, are they sending her up to be Peter Parker, who's a great photojournalist of only pictures of Spider-Man? Is she going to be a reporter <laughs> who only has stories about Supergirl? I believe that's the case so far, yeah. at least of the ones that we've seen. Of course, we don't know what's happening on days that pass that we don't get an episode, what she's up to. Covering county fairs, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, at the end now, it seems like this is a theme for Supergirl. The last five to ten minutes of the episode is all about relationships. Yeah, it's the CW. Yes. And so, uh, first one was Alex and Maggie. And... I can understand why Maggie was so hesitant to uh, get into a relationship with Alex, because Alex is super erratic. Yeah. Indeed. But she knew what she was signing on for, though. I mean, that's why she was reluctant. And so if you're going to if you're gonna mm-hmm. actually take the plunge and, and go with a newbie, you got to expect some crazy, and you can't throw down ultimatums after one thing. Yeah. But I was never really shipping them, actually. I liked when, when Maggie's like, nope, not going to happen. We're just going to be friends. I'm like, you can have two gay characters on the show and not have them hook up. Yes, on the other hand, I really like oh, Maggie, well. so I'm okay with it. If it gives her more screen time, that's good. Yeah. So we're definitely going to see the the aliens that are hunting hunting Monel again. Oh, the the Kylo Ren girls. Yeah, as I call them. That yeah, that's about right. Yeah, and then they just vaporize the creepy doctor, which I was kind of okay. That with. was very. He okay was with super that. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of made me think a little bit of um, Black Panther and his squad of female bodyguards. I can't remember what they're called, but. Mm. Um, uh, I just wondered if, if that's a thing, or if we just have only happened to see female soldiers, bodyguards, whatever they are, hunting for Monel. Right. They want to talk to him about some frat party on Daxum from ages ago. <laughs> I think we're about wrapped on episode nine. Yeah. Yes. Let's move on. So, episode 10, We Can Be Heroes. Who wants to summarize it? I guess I can summarize it real quick. So, after Livewire seemingly breaks out of prison... Uh, Supergirl is trying to recapture her, and uh, meanwhile she's uh, helping Monel train and takes him with her to uh, see Livewire attack the NCPD. Uh, but things don't go exactly as planned, and uh, Monel kind of doesn't do what Supergirl likes, and that causes a lot of consternation. Uh, meanwhile, James decides to come clean with Kara about being Guardian. And in a small B-plot, we've got Megan having a psychic attack and uh, collapsing into a coma. So, really quick summary, but let's start talking about all the fun 
hero conversations that happened this episode. I, I was interested that I, I thought it was interesting that Supergirl decides, well, you only killed one cardboard bystander, so you're clearly ready to go out in the field. Yeah. <laughs> I would think we'd want to get the collateral damage slightly lower. It, I, I liked how they had, you know, random uh, citizens and then Hank Henshaw, which is a kind of a confusing one to have because is that John Jones or is that Cyborg Superman? Oh, good question. <laughs> yeah. So have we firmly established that Monel can just sort of hit things hard and, you know, he's kind of strong and that's about it? Well, we also saw that he can deflect energy bolts. I think that's what he did at one point during that training session. Right. It, it was very Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, I don't know if now that he's been on Yellow Sun Earth for a while, he's developing more powers. Uh, you know, will he eventually become bulletproof? Is he bulletproof already? And they just haven't happened to mention it. Canonically, he's um, not bulletproof. So, so lead is actually the Daxamite weakness. Yeah. Right. I, I know that in previous episodes, he was not bulletproof, but I wondered if he might be becoming so. But I'm, I'm quite happy if, uh, if he doesn't develop all the powers that uh, Supergirl yeah. has. He seems to have speed as well, yes. which is handy. Maybe not speedster speed, but definitely more than human speed. Yeah. So then we had, a, we had the scene of Guardian at the beginning uh, capturing a bunch of drug dealers, and uh, he was shot. Right. But only a little shot. Yes, just a flesh wound. And then Wind gets super upset because he's like, oh, man, I have to fix your suit. Not, oh, my friend's been shot. It's, <laughs> oh, God, I've had so much work to do already. Now I have to fix your suit. Well, and I had kind of assumed that the Guardian suit was more than just a shield and the rest was decoration. I kind of, you know, assumed that Bulletproof was maybe the, you know, the bottom rung of protection you would provide. <laughs> One would hope. That's certainly what I would expect in my super suit if I had one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it protected his vital areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to maximize your armor dollar. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it's a trade-off between protection and maneuverability. Right. And here we get the first mention of superhero kindergarten. Uh, and James being super, super judgy about Monel wanting to be a superhero. Yeah. That's definitely a theme of this episode is people judging other people for wanting to help people. Yes. Yes. Well, I think this episode also mentions that Wynn is supposed to create a suit for Monel, mm -hmm. and we, we haven't seen that show up in, in several episodes, and everyone else get, seems to get one immediately, so I was almost this wondering if they were- better be a really awesome suit. If they were leading to Monel, you know, grabbing Guardian suit at some point. Well, I, I certainly had to agree with Livewire. Your cosplay sucks. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, you know, a pair of red visor glasses and a black track suit. Um, surely he could at least put on some of DEO's body armor or something. Yeah. I'm curious how close they're going to get him to his comic book suit. So you want to talk about Livewire? My very first thought was, oh, why does Livewire get another episode? But... <laughs> By the end of the episode, I was saying, yay, live wire. So that was that was a nice transformation for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a redeeming episode for her character. Well, I really liked, really, really, really liked that she wasn't just a, a 
cardboard villain in this, I loved that she was so indignant about copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, calling back to her original character as a musician. You know, she may just think of herself as Livewire now, but she was, you know, a, a person with other dreams and, and skills and things before then. And I loved that that informed her reactions uh, in this episode. Well, and the what was being done to her wasn't really explained well. There was a lot of hand-waving, but somehow she was able to create a clone of herself and a clone of the prison guard. Uh, no, the the one that was uh, that looked like a clone of her wasn't her. It was the lady who who helped her break out. But they look so similar in that makeup that it's really hard to tell. I watched it a couple times to try. And yeah, me that. too. Because like at the beginning, I was like, okay, there's the guard and the other inmate. Well, the fake guard, and then it, yeah, it was really confusing. Like, who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Who's really? Yeah, the right person. Well, what ended up happening is they they didn't make clones of Livewire. They just upgraded those other two people with Livewire powers and, and gave them remote control ability. What do you mean remote control? Well, I, I was just wondering how they were was uh, Livewire controlling her for, or forced to control those other two or no? I think the creepy doctor guy again, creepy doctor guy um, was not controlling them, but they were kind of on his team. I like uh, Kara's comment about. Uh, Clark makes having a nemesis seem so so cool, you know, like having deadly pen pals. <laughs> Kara got really, really out of character upset about Livewire this episode. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why they were making her stress out so much about this. I mean, if it's just to ratchet up the dramatic tension, that's that's pretty artificial. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, she 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 was smashing things. She was rushing past a prison guard and and uh, you know obviously hurt him when when she shoulder bumped him on the way into the cell that guy's moment um, in the sun was really something to watch if you watch it the second time i mean his line delivery is just like i got to be on supergirl <laughs> <laughs> she's very very strong i'm never washing this elbow <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the the thing with Livewire is that she is a genuine threat to Kara. Because just the way her powers work, she can actually threaten Kara's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the fight scene at uh, the NCPD. Mm -hmm. So this is where you got Livewire and then the other two electricity people, I guess. The electric company. I think we should call them the electric company. <laughs> I like it. So I wasn't clear because this scene happens and like Livewire is like all into it and like you know, taking out the police and taking out Supergirl. And then later is when she looks like she's captured and like, I don't want to do this. What are you doing to me? Well, I thought so, it was the other, it was the other two. It wasn't Livewire at all. No, Livewire was captured that whole time. She was, I thought. So that's, this must've been the makeup thing. So this is one of the confusing things because she doesn't want anybody to call her Leslie, right? She wants to be called Livewire. Mm -hmm. And so when Kara calls her Leslie there and she says, I'm not Leslie, the initial impression is, oh, she wants you to call her Livewire. But really what she's saying, she's genuinely not Leslie. She's a different person, but she has the same powers. And yeah, the makeup the makeup is the main problem. Yeah, that was very confusing. And this is also where uh, Kara wants Monel to just protect the police officers who seem to refuse to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, what what's he supposed to do? He can't stand in front of all of them, you know, forever. And then he looks over at the gate. And like thinks to open the gate or something, and then that's where uh Guardian comes barreling through. Yeah, I thought that was a strange camera move. 
Yeah. Well, why are you showing the gate there? Because it's not like he's not strong enough to tear that gate down if it's a barrier. I did like the kind of the, the electricity whip thing. That was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. After that, though, after so after James gets incapacitated after Monel drops the ball um, and leaves the cops vulnerable, I liked, um, you know, they take the helmet off and and are talking about him. And I liked Monel's line. I thought James was a professionally handsome desk person. <laughs> I had that written down. <laughs> also, Monel's comment right before that is: Is there a superhero discount on motorcycles? <laughs> well, and just because it helps the plot to move along, now after this is when they finally review the or the uh, prison video and see, oh, she didn't escape. She was abducted because they couldn't have looked at that when they were, I don't know, at the prison. Yeah. Okay, so then we also have to talk about Wynn and Guardian secretly going after Livewire because they totally know where she is. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're in the same building as Kara having a secret phone conversation and she has super hearing. So I guess maybe she's trained herself to not eavesdrop automatically. But I, w- I would never, like, walk around a corner and then have a secret phone call when Kara's in the building. <laughs> to say nothing of the fact that it's the DEO and they've probably got cameras and microphones everywhere. And they know Livewire. They know that, oh, I have a really fancy metal shield. I'm sure I can take out Electric Woman by myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I just want to say being a vigilante is one thing, but when is employed by the DEO... And he withheld in front, you know, he actually outright lied when he said they couldn't uh, track her down. And I really strongly feel that he should have been fired by the end of this episode. Yeah, Jean went pretty easy on him. So um, back in the evil lab, when uh, Guardian and and end up Monel goes to try to take out Livewire, Mm -hmm. I liked uh, Livewire pointed out something that I was like, yes, yes, yes. She says, "Little boys who think they can do a better job than the woman who's actual, who's an actual superhero." Yeah, and I was like, "Thank you for saying that." Yep, because these guys are jerks. Yes, yeah, and that was also um, a point earlier when uh, the evil scientists said to Livewire, "Such a nasty woman." Yeah, mm-hmm. Which, I was like, "Was, uh, that, was that a Trump?" It totally was. It totally was. <laughs> and then there was a Shark Tank reference, which was interesting. What's the Shark mm-hmm. Tank? So I, I did kind of, you know, James, when he gave, gave his speech about being Guardian, you know, I, I admit I like the actor enough. And I think the way he delivers it, I, I kind of buy it. But I, I get the impression that not, not nobody else is really on board with Guardian mm-hmm. doing Guardian things. So the thing that really upset me was uh, James said during that speech, to Kara, you don't get to decide who gets to be a hero. But he did the exact same thing in the last scene when talking about Monel. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. And I was like, you are such a hypocrite. One of my notes in overall in this episode is everybody is a selfish jerk this episode. <laughs> Cause like there's the whole conversation about that. And then James is really, really big on himself being a hero, but gives no credit to Win at all, who mm-hmm. James seemingly can't do anything without him. Right. But I also kind of like the the moment where Kara says, you know, you guys were heroes to me before all this. But then mm-hmm. she's totally being inconsistent with, you know, going to the Red Sun place and, and fighting despite having no powers. The idea about, you know, you don't get a second strike, neither does Green Arrow. You know, the Flash, yeah, he's he's tough and heals fast, but he can still be killed. I guess they just don't have enough um, non-powered costumed vigilantes in this universe. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I like that she said you were heroes to me before, but she sure doesn't act that way. No, she doesn't. I mean, she, well, she doesn't linger on it. She doesn't say why they were heroes to her before. Um, she, uh, you know, doesn't seem to feel that the DEO uh, red shirts are particularly heroic. Mm-hmm. She called her friends the super friends, which, you know, sounds like friends, but it also sounds pretty subordinating to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> damning with faint praise. Right. So I, 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 although I disagree with what James is doing, mainly because I think he could be a force for good in other important ways. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I sure don't like how, how Kara was coming at this. Yeah. I kind of got a feeling at the end, the end of conversations, like everybody wants to be a hero. Nobody wants to be a part of the team. I'm like, this is kind of like how nobody wants to be the medic in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd like to point out that most scientists do not, in fact, experiment on themselves. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, only the mad ones. <laughs> Precisely, only only the ones in DC Comics. He got yellow lightning, and this is where uh, Livewire actually tries to, you know, not go for vengeance and get away, and you know, doesn't injure Kara doesn't kill her when yet she has the opportunity so it added a lot more depth to her character it did i like that moment between Kara and and livewire yeah i liked how they negotiated and like it was a good strategy for supergirl not to just like beat somebody up but actually talk them down yeah right right and her saying later that she hoped that you know maybe livewire would come to them for help um although i doubt that it would happen like that, but uh, but it was a nice note to strike. Right. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to point out that there was the bet that was going on between uh, Maggie and Alex about vegan ice cream. Yeah, a oh. couple of different yeah. bets in there. <laughs> and I can just say, as somebody who gave up dairy for years and years and years, vegan ice cream is really not that bad. Take your word for it. <laughs> the B-plot in this episode is uh, John knowing that he needs to save Magan... And saying no, and saying no, and saying no, and the entire episode, I'm like, well, he's gonna, he's gonna do it. He's and gonna he, cave, yeah. He, he's gonna mm-hmm. cave. He's gonna save her. Well, he's protesting that he doesn't care about her when he totally does. This B plot was just, I did not enjoy it at all. It just felt like it dragged and was boring. And I was fine with it just, just because I really, really love David Harewood. I think he does a great job. And so their scene together when, when they're, when he kind of uh, melds with her, I, I thought that was powerful, but um, mm. you know, your mileage may vary. Th- this is all so he can see, Oh, you're not a bad person. Oh, also set up for future storyline. Other white Martians are coming. He could have just right. taken her word for it that she wasn't a bad person, but, but he, mm-hmm. like, like we said, he, Everybody on the show seems to be a big racist, too. Uh, another note I had about overall in this episode, this episode was not one for emotional or acting subtlety. <laughs> Everything was turned up to 11. Yeah, the drama. Well, I liked the quiet scenes at the end, uh, the, the romantic wrap-ups. Um, the the ending five-minute uh, relationship talks? Yes, yes. Those those were not... I, I thought uh, those were actually well acted not not too unsettled there yeah, th- th- those ones were pretty good but the rest of the episode was bombastic and agreed so shall we talk about the relationship stuff at the end quick sure let me start out by by saying that uh Mon-El chose a really good time to make his confession of love to Kara because 
in this episode, people have been lying and lying and lying, and Kara found out that not only uh, Wynne and James, but also Alex had been lying to her, um, or lying by omission right. about the Guardian stuff, um, They and they had all been keeping it from her for a while. Oh, and I liked Monel. I didn't know. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so for Monel to choose this as his moment of honesty was really perfect timing on his part. True. To confess that, yes, he remembers the kiss, and yes, he actually does love her. And uh, I don't know if this is the place he's genuinely coming from, or if he has just managed to learn some uh, relationship smarts, but I liked that he said, uh, I'm not here to change your mind. And awkward ending, and they left. <laughs> uh, uh, so I liked how that scene played out, but I also think it worked out pretty well for for him. She certainly wasn't going to say no. I don't want to. No, I want to stop working with you now when he's the only one who hasn't. Well, I guess he had been lying to her before about not remembering, but at least he was honest to now, and not because he was trick forced into being honest. All right. Shall we wrap it up? I think so. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of either of these episodes. There were moments that I liked. Yeah. yeah, and that's the same for me. And you know, I still I still really enjoy the show. I like the tone that they have and I love the characters. Um and I think that all the actors really play well off each other. I just didn't I wasn't a huge fan of the plot in these ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of trying to move things along for things that are going to be happening later in the season. You know, we yeah. need we need to get Kara needs to find out what Wynn and Olsen are doing on the side. We've got to bring in the White Martians. We've got to show that there's more to Monel. Okay, now we can get on to stuff. Yep. Well, I guess that's it for now. Um, we will be back in another couple of weeks or so with another uh, discussion, hopefully. And it's been fun. It has. Thanks for thanks for doing yep. the hosting job. And hopefully, uh, Niels can get back through the portal or whatever. Yes. Yes. We hope so. We we hope to hear him once more soon and let's all avoid avoid the murder castle yes indeed good talk <laughs> <laughs>